Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Hey, Metalheads! This is Dario Psycho. And Snowy White. Of Radioactive Metal with an offer you cannot refuse. Do you like metal news? Interviews? Video pics? Best indie metal world has to offer. And best of all, heated discussions that will make your ears ring and your head spin. Some side effects may include increased knowledge of metal, higher testosterone levels, and in some extreme cases, poser eradication. What is all this going to cost you? Well, for three easy payments of absolutely nothing, you will get over 70 hours of pure bone crashing, pit stopper, chick slamming, metal! Discover why 70% of our podcast listeners have given Radioactive Metal double horns up, while the other 38% can just f- your mother f- So act now as supplies are infinite and operators at RadioactiveMetal.net and your local iTunes stores are standing by. Remember, there's only two types of metalheads. Those who listen to Radioactive Metal and those who have yet to discover it. Let RadioactiveMetal.net be your one-stop shop for all things metal. For the Bone Bat Podcast, where you can listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat. Uh, hello. Every time I hear the word "super sucker," I'm reminded of an ge- older gentleman who went into the strip bar, and a hooker come dancing up to him and said, "Super pussy," and he said, "Soup, please." I like it all, man. I like to pull. I like to push. I like it all. I like it all, man. I like the tits. I like the touch. I like it all. I like the skinny. I think I'm heavy. I like the Ford, yeah, but I think I'm Chevy. I like it all, man. I like it all, man. I like it all, man. I like it all. Yeah, I like to tear it down and rip it up. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bone Bat Show, episode 20. This is Steve. And this is Gord. How's it going, man? Hey, man, it's going all right. How about you? Not too shabby. Uh, I gotta say, I'm totally fired up for this musical guest that we've got this week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I can't believe these guys let us... I can't believe these guys let us use their music. No kidding. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, you just heard them, the world's greatest rock and roll band, the Super Suckers. And there's nothing suck about the Super Suckers. There's a lot that's super. There that there may be some sucker, but there is no suck in the Super Suckers. No shit. They just uh, celebrated their 20th anniversary last year. 20 years of just kicking ass and taking names. A great band based in Seattle right here. I can't say enough good things about them. We're really excited. Well, not right here, right there. Yeah. They're, not, they're not here. <laughs> We're really excited to have them on the show. You know, one of my my favorite Super Suckers stories, uh, a few years back, I think it was like in 2003, I went to go see Motorhead with uh, a coworker, and we were waiting in line at this theater, and the theater was across the street from this mall. And we were chatting with uh, some guys in line, and 
guy says, hey, uh, yeah, we were over at the record store across the street, and we saw Lemmy in there buying stuff. Oh, yeah, what did he buy? Super Suckers. <laughs> Super Suckers are so badass, Lemmy buys them. That's well, how Lemmy fucking badass them. they are. Isn't that yeah, fantastic? Thanks to the Super Suckers. That's, that's yeah, great, thank you. Thank great you, Super to Suckers. Have so we've got a new president, man. We're all inaugurated in shit. What do you think? Yeah, well, I'm, gl- I'm glad the old one is gone. So far, I, I have very few gripes about the current president. I think... Yeah, everyone was acting like, oh, Obama's here, it's all going to be better. No, no, it's not. It's There's there's a lot of bad that's still going to happen. Think of it this way. Think of it like you just spent a week doing a lot of cocaine and alcohol, and, and you've done a lot of very, very bad things that require very bad judgment, and you finally run out of booze and coke, and, and you've, you've woken up. And you've got just the most amazing hangover in the world. You're in a completely trashed hotel room. There's several different varieties of blood on your clothing. You have no money. I mean, this this is where we are right now. The only thing that's changed is <laughs> there's that we're a out dead of hooker in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's you know you're we're gonna have a lot of fixing to do. We're gonna experience a lot of pain. We're, we're going to do a lot of, I swear, I'll never do that again. Please, God, get me out of this. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm glad at least we're out of beer and cocaine. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's a good part. I was, uh, I was just kind of, you know, following the inauguration. I was sort of bemused by the whole kind of Beatlemania aspect of the whole thing. Oh, yeah, you I know, didn't even watch any of I that. I mean, you I, know, to a certain extent, yeah, I, I get the under, I understand that, you know, it's a historic event, the first black president. Uh, and you know, so so I get that, but on the other hand, he is a politician, so I, I can't get too worked up about the whole thing because in the end, they're all gonna screw me. Yeah, that's that's true. So you know, but but like my wife Julie was, she was watching the inauguration. She was getting a little bit choked up, and I was just, I you know, I was kind of surprised. And people there on the streets are, you know, just just short of throwing their panties at him, and th- that was just the men. <laughs> And I'm just, you know, my feeling is, as a great man, a great man once said, you know, let's not start sucking each other's dicks quite yet. You know, quite save yet. your tears. Right. We already know that this country is perfectly ap- capable of electing the truly evil to office. So save your tears for the first black metal president that we get. That's what <laughs> I'm thinking. I mean, you think they got people got worked up about a middle name of the candidate being Hussein? Wait until his name is like Azag Thoth Luciferius Spine Throne. <laughs> My fellow Americans, welcome to hell. You know they'll they'll like swear him in on the Necronomicon instead of Lincoln's Bible. <laughs> they'll swear him in on Lincoln's corpse. <laughs> It'll be fucked up. So save your tears for the black metal president. That's all I'm saying. That's that's a damn good point. We you know <laughs> just because he says he's going to do one thing does not necessarily mean he said it's actually going to happen. <laughs> I can't tell you how many years I went listening to the Republicans say that once they were in control, they were going to have a balanced budget amendment, and we all saw what happened to that. <laughs> they didn't even... <laughs> balanced what? Who? No. <laughs> we're going to spend ourselves into fucking the poorhouse. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, that yeah, you know, people do uh, People do tend to make things political. Oh, God. Well, are we Are we on my, my Gordon's political rant? Is that where we're my going? My transparent segue didn't lead you to that Hold you on, can lead a horse to water. Nine by twelve card. Ah, yes, Gordon's <laughs> unnamed political rant. And I'm, I know I'm kind of supposed to talk. I'm supposed to be like the educational segment. Did you know that there's a you know blah 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 political blah blah blah? But this this is it, folks. People need to back off on making everything political because there is nothing more annoying. I don't care where you are in the political spectrum. There is nothing annoying more annoying than people that make every goddamn thing political i had the misfortune of being around someone like that recently and this person was was far to the right like way right like rush limbaugh looks at her and goes whoa whoa you mellow out woman and she just couldn't say anything without her trying to turn it into a, a political fight it was like you know please pass the potatoes yeah enjoy the potatoes we won't have any when obama bankrupts the country and uh, you know gives our food <laughs> supply to the mexicans uh, thank you. Yeah, the Mexicans don't say thank you when they take our jobs. Just, wow. Just calm down, people. <laughs> Chris Rock went on a, had a little bit about, you know, 
don't fall into one class. Don't be conservative or liberal. You know, be a thinking person. Weigh the facts. Weigh, you know, think about it. Digest it. Little cook in there, and then come back with what you think about the thing. Don't just automatically jump in on one side or the other because that's what your you know side picks. What did he say? You probably remember something like, uh, "I'm conservative when it comes to violent crime." I am liberal when it comes to prostitution. <laughs> Everyone's a little bit of both. <laughs> Almost everyone. And people need to just think. Stop reacting. Just think. And, and quit talking to me. I'd like that, too. If you're really, like, all hyped up about politics, it'd be great if you just shut your trap around me. I would yeah, like that. I, I kind of, you know, I was, I was sort of raised by my folks are kind of, you know, you don't discuss politics and religion. In friendly company, you don't really do that. So I don't really try. I try not to get into into those kind of discussions with folks I don't know. It's just kind of you know hardwired in me, and I always kind of feel when it when it does come up, I always kind of feel like I'm just a little bit underread on on the subject of politics. That I never real really feel like I'm on solid footing. So I'm never that comfortable in those conversations because I just I always know that there's a lot I don't know. So yeah, it's hard you know to take if- it's hard to take a firm stand. When you know that half of what you think you know is probably bullshit anyway. Well, also, if someone is coming at you with with something that they're passionate about, they probably know a lot about it. And so you might know one or two facts, but they've read, you know, they got seven things they can throw out there. So you, you know, somebody from Texas, say, probably doesn't know shit about what's happened to the salmon fishery in the Pacific Northwest, you know, the, Sa- the Sacramento River and the Pacific Ocean. So if I was in Texas and I said, yeah, frickin' George Bush, you know, killed all the salmon, they might come back with, oh, you liberal, blah, blah, blah. But then I would rattle off a whole series of facts about how the Bush administration pretty much screwed the salmon fishery for the rest of my life and, and maybe beyond. But you can just pick one little thing, know a lot about it, and then the person you're talking to Unless they're Stephen Hawking, they're not probably not going to know as much as as you about the subject. Doesn't matter where you are in the political spectrum. Yeah, you're left or right. Yeah, I agree with that. So yeah, it's real easy to feel like you don't know what you're talking about because you probably don't. <laughs> I know I don't. God, my my business partner, his wife is in tight with a lobbyist, and so he knows a lot more than I do about stuff. So he's always trumping me. I'll say, you know, oh, that's so-and-so. He's like, oh, really? You don't like that guy that did this, 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 this? And I'll, like, name seven great things the guy did. Oh, well, <laughs> still don't think you should have raped those little kids. <laughs> no. Yeah, it, yeah. Kind of, it kind of pisses you off, doesn't it? It does. Can we just go right into what pisses us let's off? Let's go into what pisses us off for this week. What I'd pisses like you off, Gordon? With you. Um, I, I, I've been in kind of a pissy mood lately. And I've been pissing people off that uh, have the misfortune of talking to me, apparently. So I'm kind of a foul human. Oh, God. There's there's so much that pisses me off. But let me tell you, right now, the piss-off du jour, people that don't control their children. My God. So you mean like in a restaurant or what kind of a situation specifically? Well, it, it really any situation that's, that's indoors or affects other people, but... I recently had a bunch of people over, I mean like a shitload of people over at my house, and there were kids, which is cool. It's a party we always, we have every year, and you know, I like I like having the kids come over, kids of all ages. The kids always get kind of rambunctious and, you know, run around and do stuff that is, if it was just my kids and me at home, I'd say, hey, stop doing that, but it's a party situation, it's a packed house, Ken. You've given them coke and pie. That's <laughs> Right. You know, you can't you can't be a jerk about it. And the adults are, you know, possibly breaking uh, some some norms and mores as well. It's a casual party situation. But there was a, a couple of people that had these kids that were just flipping out of control. And, and they were not parenting. That, that, you know, you got a kid that runs around a lot or, or does things. You kind of stay on top and keep an eye on him. You got a toddler. You know, it's your responsibility as a parent to watch the toddler make sure he's not ingesting lye or, or you know eating jacks or something but jesus christ my my wife goes up to my younger son's room and these two kids are in there and they're like they are destroying the room they're like everything one kid is crawling on top of his bookshelf and the other kid is just tearing everything off the shelf just throwing it on the floor breaking toys it was a real bad scene for my for my youngest son like all his shit was getting 
messed up. All his Legos were getting taken apart and stomped on, and he was trying to stop them. And his older brother, like, managed to, to push the kids out of the room and whatnot. And my, my wife, like, got the woman and said, you know, the kids kind of, oh, yeah, you know, they, whatever. And then, and then, like, a few minutes later, the kids are, are wandering, and one of them is in my office, like, starting to use my, my calendar as a coloring book and, like, getting under my computer and yanking out wires. <laughs> Fucking control your children. You're pissing me off. That's what you get that, for entertaining, dude. Yeah, next year, man. <laughs> We're going to have the party, and it's going to be, hey, and we'd love to see you, and we'd love your kids to stay home. Cause, mostly because of these two little hellraisers. Jesus Christ. It's either that or just don't invite the people. I don't know. What do you do? So what I, pisses you off? Uh, you know the thing that pisses me off this week? It's kind of a silly thing, but I, I went to I went to go get some new shoes. I My running shoes all, you know, kind of developed holes in them from overuse. And like in the uppers, I, 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 I've been wearing pe- in the uppers? Nike Pegasus since yeah. I was in high school. The same freaking shoes. And they change them a little bit every year and they get like a little bit fancier. And so I go down to get, so I finally, my, my shoes are fucked. I got to go get another pair of shoes. So I go down to the store and they're like these bright silvery white, they're Pegasus. So, you know, I know that I, they're comfortable and I, they're, it's the same design, but the, the, just they look different. They're like glowing silver white and they look like they're made out of condom material and they have like <laughs> a red swoop with gold stitching on them so unless you're like a, a gay prostitute from usc i don't know who would wear these shoes but i bought them of course because they were the only ones they had and i needed them but and you're you know, a gay prostitute from usc i know but i'm just looking at them and i'm going my god really these are what i'm wearing this week it's terrible I mean, why can't they make something just a little milder looking you know just run through the mud a couple of times. You'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get them there. Well, once I put you've a few been, miles on You've been there. wearing that model shoe so long. You wore that shoe back when I exercised regularly. Now, yes. That was a long time Yeah, ago. it's true. And I've, I've actually, it's one of those, you know, weird brand deals. Like, there are some things I don't give a shit about brand. But I've, I've stuck with those shoes. I've tried other shoes, and I just haven't liked them. That these feel comfortable. And so I've gone back to them. I, I don't know why, but that's just kind of how it is. But yeah, that fucking annoys me that my shoes are ugly. <laughs> so, I don't know how many minutes we are into this, but I think it's pretty safe to say that in this episode, you're the gay one. It looks like it. Apparently, if you're just judging by the shoes. Yeah, well, I'm <laughs> judging by the shoes and the fact that you're caring about your shoes. Uh, yeah, well, okay. I guess you got I mean, me there. If you if you ask me if those shoes make your ass look fat, <laughs> just really, <laughs> I didn't ask that. No, but it was next, wasn't it? I can see <laughs> it, it right might, here it might on our been. agenda. It might have been, yeah. So what else pissed you off, dude? Oh, dude, that I that that was the I I gave you a list of things that I was going to talk about, you know, potential things that pissed me off. I, I I got more. I, I could talk about how the raccoons are just flipping. <sighs> What's up with raccoons? Why do they torment me? Came in through the, the dog door. I guess it's a cat door now, because my dog is yapping after Pharaoh's cats through the alleyways of the afterworld. And these raccoons are in my garage, just, like, thrashing the place, like cops searching a, a drug dealer's apartment, just tearing shit down. And not only did I have to confront the raccoons, I had to do it on a night when I got no sleep. I got, like, an hour of sleep. <laughs> my wife woke me up. I managed to get in some sort of half-assed, defensive argument with my wife that came out of nowhere and went back to sleep. An hour later, she comes in the room and wakes me up. And this is now, like, 4 in the morning. And, I do, Gordon, you got to get dressed. There's raccoons tearing ass around the garage. So we had to get them out. And they're like little bears. You know, as long as you intimidate them, keep the upper hand, you're okay. We finally, you know... You scared him out, but there's always that thing in the back of my head. Like, if this thing gets pissed and charges at me and starts biting and scratching, that's going to suck. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, whatever these things weigh, 15-pound little bear thing attacking me. I, and I feel bad for them. We're kind of, you know, in their habitat or whatever. We've, we've built over there where they used to live. They're just trying to eke out a living. But do they have to thrash my garage? It pisses me off. So, someone else's garage. So what did you do? Did you close your, your cat door or what? Yeah, but that means my cat can't go in when it's raining outside and or cold. My cat can't come into the garage to get out of the rain and eat some food. So now he's much more 
indoor cat and as a result he's scratching up furniture which is an absolute if i want to kill the cat no no this is the we same fucking is this the same fucking cat that like does the windmill on your toilet paper yeah yeah the, the cat that i had to invest <laughs> in 100 dollars of toilet paper protection in order to uh you know live a normal life and how much did the yeah. cat cost you free cat <laughs> I don't know. I think you should put the cat and the raccoon in the garage together, and whichever <laughs> one survives, they can use the cat door. Like bust a pool cue in half and hand each one a half a pool cue. A couple of broken beer bottles. Yeah. Videotape the whole thing. Like broadcast it. We could do that. Maybe sell pay-per-view. I'm sure Pete would love that shit. Oh, geez. Maybe they'd sponsor us. <laughs> Maybe we could get PETA to like pay us not to do that. <laughs> hey, PETA, we're going to do this unless you pay us off. Kind of like that, that National funny. Lampoon ad. Buy this magazine or the dog gets it. The dog gets it, yeah. <laughs> Buy this magazine and we have a cat versus raccoon gladiator fest pay-per-view. Is it pay-per-view or pay-per-view? I guess it's pay-per-view. I guess it would be pay-per-view if it was two animals, wouldn't it? Yeah, if you're going to view the fur. <laughs> well, I think that's actually one of the adult channels. <laughs> Hmm, yeah, kind of a fetish channel, I guess. Get, I guess? I'm drunk, sorry. There you go. Yeah, so can I can I tell my story about my kid? Please. Yeah, so the phone rings. Pick up the phone. No one there. Hello, hello, hang up. My kid goes, who was it? Go, it was a mime. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm pretty funny. And he goes, what's a mime? I go, oh, shit. So I explained him what a mime is. And, uh, and he's like, oh, okay. And... And he kind of leans back down, starts to do his homework, and he looks up, he goes, Do mimes always call people like that? <laughs> <laughs> My poor kids. They have such a twisted view of the world. <laughs> I think there are these, like, French clowns that just call people and stare at the receiver. And that's a totally different kind of clown than the one that killed their mother, right? Mm. Yeah, totally different clown. <laughs> That's just the way my head works, man. It's just always going, going, going. Maybe that's why you're cre- such a creative guy, though. I mean, you got to have some kind of a, you know, different, different release valve. Yeah, exactly. To come up with all the cartoon ideas you do and whatnot. Yeah, although I've been cartooning ever since I was trying to make fun of you in class. You and I have been cartooning back and forth back in the day, back in high school. Yeah, yeah. The, the little doodles of uh, some of our classmates, like boning sheep and stuff, that would get passed around. And <laughs> yeah, we draw like a picture of some guy uh, boning a sheep, and then I draw the word like Steve over the guy, pass it over to Steve, and then he cross out Gord and <laughs> pass it back. Go back and forth until Mr. which Control is exactly why I got a C in physics. <laughs> You didn't get a C in physics because of that. You got a C in physics because I blew up the electrical outlet in front of your head when you were trying to learn. No, I think it's because I couldn't understand how feathers and lead could fall at the same rate. <laughs> yeah, just, you still don't believe that. That shit dude. never made any sense to me. That's why I was a liberal arts major in college. <laughs> no, you're hurting my head. That was about the only thing that did make sense to me. <laughs> uh, but you know, now I try. I try to be a little bit more sophisticated about the cartooning. If you if you look at my cartoons, granted they're just stupid little things, but like I did this cartoon. I got this idea. I was talking to my kid and there's a, a cop on a horse that went by on patrol when we were in this park and I he was looking at it and he said, uh, that's a police horse. I said, it is. Said, yeah, it's a police horse. So well, where's the siren? Where's the lights? And he started laughing and we started joking about you know how a police horse should look does it have a, a rack for the shotgun and everything and then i ended up making thinking that was a good idea for a cartoon so i drew this cartoon that really wasn't very funny about a police horse and it had the the siren on the head and everything but if you look at that cartoon i try to put more into it i thought about it i'm like okay who would be the guy that gets kicked to death by this prototype police horse well so i, I picked the name of the guy was pulaski Right, because you know Casimir Pulaski, father of the of the U.S. cavalry, he's like the right. horse dude. So I, I looked up, did a Google image search what he looked like, and then tried to draw what one of his descendants would look like. And you know, there, there's always I try to always put a little extra twist in there, like the the one I just did about the salmon. I've been forever. I've been trying to figure out the the idea of a cartoon. It's just never quite worked. Salmon porn, because you think about how fish go about having sex and they don't ever actually touch 
it's like a, they both kind of blow their load all over the place after <laughs> beating themselves to death, swimming up a river, you know, on rocks. And, you know, you see salmon when they're spawning and they're, they're 99% dead, finally blow their load, and that's that. What kind of porn would those fish look at? <laughs> like, I can't make it a cartoon. I've just... I've, I've tried, tried. The closest I've come is the most recent cartoon where it's like the, the male salmon and the female salmon and, and the, the male is, is talking to the female. I had several different lines I thought of, like, wait, you really want me to swim 500 miles upstream past bears and rocks and anglers and pollution? You're really a bitch when you're on the rag. Or or maybe have them say, how about I just blow my load right here and then we swim down to Baja together or something. You know what? I looked at pictures of salmon. I tried to make them look salmon-y. Tried to, I tried to get that little extra in there. I try, damn it, I try. You know, another another cartoon idea I've had that has never worked out, maybe you can help me with this, the line, glass-bottom bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you should be I mean, able to come up with something funny for that. I know, you should. You, if there's like a, you think of a glass-bottom boat, Right. I, I don't know. It's it's a funny it's a funny sounding thing, but I can't work out a cartoon. <laughs> one day, one day I'm gonna make that cartoon. That's going to be uh, your windmill to tilt at. I think it's been my windmill to tilt at for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I've got this big page of ideas I've written down in my notebook, and now that my kids are getting old enough to read, it's like, <laughs> Daddy, what's that? Nope, flip the page. <laughs> don't want him reading glass bottom bitch. I can't explain <laughs> it to you. How am I gonna explain it to him? Yeah, no kidding. That's a challenge. All right, well, why don't we take a little musical break here? Uh, we're going to play a little something off the 2003 release, Live at the Crocodile by the Super Suckers. This is an internet-only release that you can get in the web store at supersuckers.com. Uh, what are we going to play, Gord? We are going to play Evil Powers of Rock and Roll because as cool as the studio version is, the live version is, is even cooler. It rocks harder. It's just tighter. I like it. It's, it's a great song. So all you people out there in podcast land, you need to go to their website, buy the song, support the artist directly, buy it, put it on your iPod or your pseudo iPod copy music playing device. It rocks. Check it out. No, we're not the super suckers. We're something else, right? What we wanted to be tonight was not Aerosmith. Not Aerosmith. Actually... There was a guy I offered up some band names to earlier, and I forgot to put that one on the list. The best band name that anybody can have is after that one. Not Aerosmith, all right? So just, if you have a band and you need a name. You know, who's playing tonight? Not Aerosmith. Like that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's Dan Thunderbolton. That's Ron Ethan. Helping us out tonight, please give it up for Mr. Mike Musburger on the drums, all right. No, he's working, he's got his working clothes on and everything. Fix my carburetor up this show. And uh, it's also his birthday tonight, so if anybody wants to have sex with him. All right, Rancho's Heathman. Hey, I'm on the high. I'm gonna do what you're gonna do. 
Cinema Diabolica is a different kind of underground and horror cult movie show. Completely different. Check it out for yourself at cinemadiabolica.com. It's a good night for my drinking. Hey, we're back. Yep. That was a super suckers. Fucking awesome. Um, so, uh, I thought I would go a little bit into the Super Suckers history, tell you a little bit about the band. Tell me. So, the Super Suckers were formed in 1988 as the Black Super Suckers. Evidently, they got the name, uh, of the band from some high-quality adult magazine literature that they had in the band house. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the band was formed in Tucson, Arizona by, uh, Eddie Spaghetti on bass and vocals, Dan Thunderbolton and Rontrose Heathman on guitars, and Dance Eagle on drums. Uh, at the time, they had a lead singer, Eric Martin, who would be with the band for a short time. And uh, they uh, all knew each other at Santa Rita High in uh, Tucson, Arizona. That's how they came together. Uh, and so they played there for a little while, and uh, as uh, Eddie Spaghetti puts it, uh, so we tossed a coin with heads as New Orleans and tails as Seattle. Tales it was, and in May of 89, we packed up and went north. Uh, so we came up to Seattle, uh, kind of got established here. Eric Ma- Martin left the band uh, due to some creative differences, of course. And Eddie took over vocals, uh, as he puts it, because he was the only one who knew the words. The remaining members uh, continued playing in the Seattle area, and uh, Sub Pop Records heard them live, and that was enough to, to get them a record deal. Before that, they had done a few... Uh, singles that they had put together which you can find on a cd called the songs all sound the same which is uh, pretty cool even early then it's got just a few scorching rock and roll numbers things like saddle tramp and four stroke but also uh, one of the things i've always appreciated about the super suckers is their knowledge of like what makes a good song and that a song can be a pop song or a country song or whatever but a good song is a good fucking song so even on that album they had like a cover of madonna's burning up but like a rocking version of that also, they did a cover of uh, Rasmanaz by Nazareth that ends up with like 20 minutes. They just hold the final note for 20 minutes. It's fucking insane. <laughs> you know, my favorite uh, cover that they do is uh, they, they twisted the words around. Instead of the mob rules, it's your mom rules. <laughs> I know your it's mom just, rules. That's a great song. It is. That's an awesome cover. Uh, another one that I like is uh, would be a, f- a few years later, uh, the, they did a side project called the Junkyard Dogs. And it's got a number of covers on it, but notably is a kind of a countryfied version of Breaking the Law by Judas Priest that is just fucking awesome. They also did, uh, you remember the song Lightning Bar Blues that uh, Hanoi Rocks did? It's an old Hoyt Axton tune. They uh, covered that as well. And also uh, I Want to Be Your Boyfriend by Ramones on that release. So it's a very cool, it's tough to find, I'll warn you now, but uh, if you can get a hold of it, it's well worth the time. Uh, anyway, b- before that, though, uh, they came out with Smoke of Hell in 92 off Sub Pop. Uh, it's got a cool-ass cover by Seattle comic creator Daniel Close. And right there was the genesis of, of some more great fucking tunes. Coattail Rider, Luck, I Say Fuck, Hell City Hell. Great stuff. A couple years later after that, they came out with La Mano Cornuda, uh, which was their first instant classic with songs like Creepy Jackalope Eye, On the Couch, Gold Top. How to Maximize Your Kill Count. She's My Bitch. Just great stuff throughout. It's an album that you can listen from front to back over and over again, and it just rocks like a motherfucker. Around that same time, they also did a split with Revan Horton Heat. They did a cover of their of the Rev song, 400 Bucks, which is another... Oh, yeah, great. another great, great song. 400 Bucks! Just the rage at the end of that song is tremendous. I love that. It's too. an angry song. And I didn't even discover the band, actually, until 95 when they came out with the sacrilegious sounds of the Super Suckers. For that album, uh, Ron Heathman had left the band for a little while, and he was replaced by Rick Sims of the Digits. And some of Eddie Spaghetti's just most clever lyrics in Born With a Tale. I love that fucking tune. That just scorches, and it's so goddamn funny. Yeah, that is a great song. So then uh, they followed that up a few years later with uh, Must Have Been High in 1997, which I guess was initially supposed to be an Eddie Spaghetti solo album as it's kind of more on the country tip. And then they ended up making it a Super Suckers album after all. Ron Trost got back in the saddle with the band 
and uh, they they did the country thing. I'm not going to go too much into the country stuff because hopefully maybe down the road we can do an episode just kind of covering that. There's enough there with the Super Suckers to do their own episode, but I just wanted to at least give a shout out to it. It does have some great tunes on it like Dead in the Water, Barricade, and uh, Road Warren and Weary, which is just a classic. And then uh, after that, they finished up with Sub Pop. It came out with a kind of greatest hits thing called How the Super Suckers Became the Greatest Rock and Roll Band in the World. Another great kind of, you know, greatest hits thing, but uh, still pretty essential because it's got a cover of Ice Cube's Dead Homies on it and a more yeah. rockin' version of Hell City Hell with the punk band Zeke that uh, is fucking awesome. And also a couple of tunes on there with the original vocalist Eric Martin, Wake Me When It's Over and Monkey. Then they... Uh, Switched labels and went over to Koch Records for The Evil Powers of Rock and Roll, uh, the tune which you just heard is from. Oh, yeah, that's a great album. That was, a, that, that was the first album that I got from the Super Suckers. Uh, the amazing thing about that is that album starts out with like six great fucking songs in a row. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's good shit. It's just relentless. After that, they uh, kind of got tired of the man having their fu- his fucking hand in their pocket. So they uh, got off the major label deal and started their own record label called uh, MidFi, which uh, has one of the coolest re- record label logos that I, I know of. Uh, even cooler than Prawn Song, I would have to say. <laughs> they uh, joined forces with Chris Neal, and uh, to this day, uh, that's kind of their outlet for all the Super Suckers releases. Uh, another country release must have been live. They did a split with Electric Frankenstein called Splitsville. It's pretty fucking cool. And then in 2003, my favorite Super Suckers album, Motherfuckers Be Trippin'. Many of the yeah. songs on this show that you're hearing in the background, we're splitting in between Motherfuckers Be Trippin' and their latest release, Get It Together. So uh, you're going to get a nice slice of what the Super Suckers are about by uh, listening to the stuff that's going on in the background here. In April of 2005, original drummer Dance Neagle left the band. They uh, switched off with uh, Dusty Watson from Agent Orange, uh, Mike Murderberger, I believe, also drummed for a little while. And then they settled after that in 2006 on Scott Chirilla, uh, who was previously with Reverend Horton Heat, and he's their drummer to this day. In 2005, the Devil's Food compilation, which, uh, again, speaking to Eddie's uh, appreciation of a good pop hook, they covered Outcast's Hey Ya, and that's a great fucking version as well. Uh, also, Rubber Biscuit, that old chestnut's on there, and a couple of cool originals like Gato Negro and Can Pipe. Um, it's a, another great CD. I mean, really, you can't go wrong with the Super Suckers. They came out with the, the Paid EP in 2006, and then uh, in 2008, to celebrate their 20th uh, anniversary, Get It Together. The song that we opened the show with, uh, I Like It All, uh, came from that release. And that's that's what the Super Suckers are about. They're a hard-working rock band that's been around for a long time. They do it well. Uh, I respect the fact that they're doing it for themselves. They're out working. They work harder than anyone. I think they do 200 live dates a year. And, uh, you know, when you're supporting a band like that who's independent, you're putting money straight in their pocket. And uh, they're constantly putting out new stuff. They have live releases. They have. They even have a fan club that costs like 15 bucks a year. It's called The Pit, uh, I think, Persons of Impeccable Taste. And I, I'm a, actually a member of it, the only fan club I'm a member of. And uh, you, get a, you get a couple of CDs. They'll just send you out of the blue a couple CDs a year, which is an awesome surprise. And uh, if you contact them before they come to your town, they'll actually put you on the guest, guest list, and you can get to see a show for free. So it's kind of a first-come, first-serve sort of a deal, but, I mean, where are you going to find a deal like that? It's fucking sweet. That is sweet. They take care of their fucking fans. That's what I'm saying. So uh, check out the Super Suckers. Again, I'm a huge fan of them. It's an absolute thrill to have them on the show. Supersuckers.com. Enjoy the music, man. So speaking of music. Yeah. Speaking of music. you ever get a song stuck in your head, Gord? Well, yeah, of course, but... I've, I've always got music in my head. Always, always, always there is at least one song, usually more songs going on. And, you know, I, I always thought that people made up songs in their heads just as a matter of course. Like there was usually music going on in people's heads and sometimes it was songs they knew and sometimes they were making up their own songs. And I, I recently found out that I, I referenced that to someone and they looked at me like I was crazy like i like i said some some crazy talk like i said you know how you always keep a muskox in your shorts (laughs) no that's totally true yeah i know what you mean i I constantly have some tune or another and often it's it always amazes me how like wake up first thing in the morning 
And I'll be, how the fuck did I get one thing or another by Blondie in my head in the middle of the <laughs> night? You know what I mean? It's yeah. like just some off the wall thing and you wake up singing something that, you know, you maybe haven't heard in five years. Yeah, I, that's the way it is. Now, tell me, do you make up original music in your head? Original you music? songs that you've never heard of that happens in your head as you're taking a shower or falling asleep or whatever? No, not really original songs like that. What I'll do is I'll, I'll kind of come up with riffs because I sort of kind of, you know, write my own rock and roll stuff. And so I'll yeah. come up with riffs and then I'll try desperately to remember them. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I'll even like jot down guitar fingerings to try to figure it out again later, but it never quite sounds the way it does in my head. I need to oh, get yeah. like a like a little tape deck so I can like hum it to myself when I think of it. And then later I can revisit it because I'm always forgetting shit like that. Oh, your wife would love that. You wake up at three in the morning. What are you doing? Yeah. Enough with the death metal, Steve. At three in the morning. It's the best time for death metal riffs. Although I, I do have that, you know, there's that that odd thing that I have where I make up filthy lyrics to almost any tune. Oh yeah, that that always happens. <laughs> See, that's another thing that always happens. God, especially if oh, you know, and, and that was one thing when you were like 12 years old. But to be 40 and still doing that, <laughs> I couldn't stop it if I had to. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. I made up filthy lyrics to a song that already has filthy lyrics the other day. <laughs> that Adam Sandler song, Piece of Shit Car. Yeah. My neighbor's dog was barking. I was walking around, started singing Piece of Shit Dog. <laughs> just singing about my neighbor's Piece of Shit Dog. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's strange how, how, how strong music is and how, like, you know, hearing a song can, like, immediately take you back to a point in your life or... Or even like a like a season, like you'll you'll smell summer or something when you hear a certain song. Yeah, that's fucking yeah, crazy. The music is just it's like part of the operating system for my brain, and it's it's strange to think that not everybody is like that. I guess I'm just yeah, one more way that I, we're weirdos, dude. <laughs> yeah, that is odd. Well, let's let's play a little game to to kind of riff on this. What do you say? Uh-oh. Is this a game where I have to dress up, wear a wig and a name tag, and take off my pants? Uh, no, just uh, clown makeup and chaps. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> no, okay. I so used to call them assless here's chaps the thing. I realized Ex- all chaps are assless. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Assless chaps. That would be redundant, wouldn't it? Anyway, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a word out at you. And you just right. try to you try to come up with like the first song that can pop into your head that is using that word. Now, I, I, I originally I was thinking that like the song couldn't be in the title, or couldn't be the title, but then it dawned on me that I can't really dictate the first thing that pops into your head. So right. so generally I'm going for something that's like in a chorus or verse, not necessarily a song title, but I mean you th- you're going to think up what you think up, right? Wait, can it be the first song I think up based on that word, or the first song I think up that actually has that word somewhere in it? The, the first thing that pops into your mind with that word in it, I would think. Okay. Because, I mean, when I say a word, you're going to come up with a song instantly. It's not going to be like something where you're going to sit there and mull it over, probably. Yeah, probably. Let's try it. Let's see where this goes. Okay. How about... Folks, this is live. We have not rehearsed this. Right. Stumble. I'm getting nothing. Stumble? Really? Nothing? Okay. Oh, uh, okay. Wait, no. There is There was a terrible song by, I think concrete blonde or something when i stumble terrible song i was thinking stumble you might fall gonna get yourself connected <laughs> okay i don't even know who gonna that get band myself is myself connected yeah, yeah. i don't no. even know who the band is but that's what i thought of. okay what about shelf right. uh some song where you're gonna put something on a shelf oh this game sucks i suck at this game hey, you're pretty bad at this yeah yeah <laughs> okay i'll give you an easy one what about fucking well, I think of songs about fucking by Big Black, but that's not an actual song. That's an no, album title. How about fucking, fucking, fucking for bugs? We're fucking for bugs, baby. <laughs> by the accused. Okay, there you go. That's see, that's something. Okay. Yeah. Now I'm going to take it one step further. I'm going to give you a word, and I'm actually going to try to point you at a specific song. Oh, okay. I bet you could do that. This I bet be, I could do that too. This will be like, yeah, please do. If you if you know All some right, words. Pepsi. 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 
All I wanted was a Pepsi, and she wouldn't give it to me. Just one Pepsi. That's institutionalized right. institutionalized by suicidal, suicidal tendencies. tendencies yeah. Pepsi is not in the title of the song. All right, what about thighs? Oh, yeah, Big Women Like the Thighs. <laughs> Be Big Women by uh, Spinal Tap. <laughs> that's not Spinal Tap. That's a charged GBH. I didn't even think oh, about right, that, though. Right. I was thinking of knocking me out with those American, American thighs. thighs. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was trying to aim you at one song, and I couldn't even do that. Okay, yeah, how about this? A different one. How about okay, how about this one, Steve? How about this? Salt. Salt. <laughs> All Nothing I can think of is salt and pepper's here. <laughs> Push it real good. <laughs> That's all I can fucking think of. I don't know oh, why. You, I was thinking of, how about if I said lost shaker of salt? Oh, okay. Margaritaville? Yeah, yeah. I did, that didn't even pop into my head. Okay, what about steer? Eat steak, eat steak, <laughs> eat a big old steer. That's exactly steak, what steak. I was going for. Yeah, yes. one here. Do you have one? Jeez, I don't know. How about... Uh, uh, well, you know, I got a, a few in my. How about suicide? Uh, it's in the song title, but wine is fine, but whiskey is quick. Uh, suicide is slow, and it's a uh, Aussie suicide solution. But yeah, suicide. He actually says suicide is no solution, in that, oh, no, and that. Yet he still got fucking busted because some kid drank his father's whiskey, took his father's gun, and killed himself, and somehow it's Aussie's fault. Yeah, Aussie rules though. So. Fuck those guys. Okay, here's one. Here's one. All right, go on. Retainer. <laughs> CS, too drunk to fuck. Take out your fucking retainer, put it in your purse. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Whoop. All right, I'm, I'm out. Wait, wait, here, this, you can go anywhere with this one. What about the word skate? Skate, skate, skate. <laughs> as fast as you can. Skate, skate, skate. All across the land. But I think that's probably the title of the song. Well, it? yeah, I guess it is. Skate, skate, skate is the title. Wiffle ball. <laughs> I did it like this. I did it like that. <laughs> I did it with a wiffle ball bat. Membrane. I got nothing. Really? Nothing? Yeah. Nothing. Insane in the membrane. Oh, jeez, Insane yeah. in the brain. And last but not least, Parthenogenesis. <laughs> Well, sure, if you're just going to pull out words that are only in one song in the whole history of music, it would be Priests and Cannibals by Shriekback. Actually, it's a nemesis, isn't it? Oh, it Prehistoric is Prehistoric animals, right. everybody's happy as the dead come home. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I got the band right. I just pulled out you the did, yeah, lyrics. Back. Anyway. Yeah, do you know what parthenogenesis means? Yeah, it's a virgin birth. It's a what? what? Virgin birth. Yeah, asexual of course, reproduction. Of course I know what that means. Okay. Check out the big brain on Steve. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, that's that's the game. Hey, if you guys uh, at home want to play along, uh, fire us uh, either via our phone line at uh, 206-203-3115 or steve at bonehand.com. Uh, if you have a couple of words and you'd like to see what we come up with, uh, shoot it our way. I know the two words we're going to get. You suck. <laughs> Dick and balls on your chin. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I, 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 I've got nothing. Dick and balls on my chin. No. Huh, all I can think of is Pinto Higante. <laughs> uh, uh, shit. So that was pretty good. Not too bad, sir. Yeah, speaking of blows, how about Battlestar Galactica, huh? All right, so we're going to do a little multimedia triage then, huh? Uh, yeah. So Battlestar Galactica, man. What, what are we, like 68 episodes into this fucking thing now? And uh, I and don't we're know. We're getting to 69 with the Dama and Rosalind. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, the show, it went from like intense DOS boot in space, human Cylon fighting action to, you know, just morose navel gazing on a blasted nuclear fallout planet. And geriatric sex as a cherry on top of the whole shit Sunday. I mean, I just can't fucking stand what this show has become over the last, like, you know, I don't know, five or six episodes. It's been fucking horrible, but you're already so, you're already so invested that you have to come back and watch it. Yeah, you're so far into it's it. It's like you know, Ronald it's... Moore is giving you this huge fuck you, and it's kind of pissing me off. They better get right back to hot, naked Cylons interstellar space shooty battle stuff because this this is not doing it for me and how about poor, poor data I, I have such sympathy for for the actor that plays that part 
Did you see the webisodes at all? Well, uh, we're spoiling, just so everybody knows, we're spoiling the fuck out of this. We don't even care yeah, anymore. We no longer really have a will to live because of this show. So it's getting spoiled. So jump ahead like two or three minutes uh, to the point where you hear me say, BSG sucks my balls. <laughs> Go ahead, Gord, as you're saying. All right, so anyway, poor Gator. I mean, the actor that that's, he's been in the series for years. He's seen everyone on the set like get the hook up with, you know, shoot these hot scenes with these amazing women that are in Battlestar Galactica. And finally, the director comes up to him. All right, you know, I feel bad that you have to limp around with all this extra makeup with the missing leg thing and all, and um, you really haven't hooked up with anyone. But we're gonna hook you up. Really? Yeah, with a guy. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Can you imagine? Like, oh, well. Is it at least going to be a hot guy? No, it's going to be that kind of tubby guy with a bad haircut. <laughs> and then Ty might roger you in, like, a webisode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, and speaking of which, so they finally announce who the last fucking Cylon is, Big Mystery, and it's the most annoying fucking character in the entire series. You're yeah, killing me. Died, like, uh, two years ago. You are <laughs> killing me with that shit. Talk about just who fucking cares anymore. Yeah, every time they try to drop the big bomb that you're supposed to go, oh my god, it's just a, yeah, so... Yeah, <laughs> Starbucks burning her own carcass? Who gives a shit? Please, somebody kill someone else. Boltar doesn't even get laid anymore. That's how far this fucking show has slipped. Yeah, it's it's tragic. It's it's almost as tragic as George R. R. Martin's latest book that's delayed yet again never ever to be published hold on one moment one moment please uh so anyway bsg can suck my balls as you were saying okay there we go (laughs) welcome back go ahead yeah george rr martin songs of 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 a song of fire and ice song of unpublished novels yeah dances with dragons uh I just heard this uh, about a week and a half ago from the Cadaver Lab podcast. I work in the fucking publishing industry, and I learned from a podcast that the book is fucking delayed until October. Random houses. I don't know. Inexcusable. I, I, I think they're a little ashamed by the fact. I think they're a little ashamed by the fact that he hasn't turned in the fucking manuscript yet. And the thing is, it's probably going to be fucking awesome. So you know what? I don't even know that we can bitch about it much. Except for to, yeah, to, to bitch, but, uh, What am I supposed to read? I can't read the Genghis book, because you still have yeah, it. Yeah, I'm getting close. Hey, you know what you can read? Volume 9 of The Walking Dead just came out. Now, is that cool? Because I read the first, I don't know, four or five of those, and it was kind of cool, but it, it kind of petered out. I, really? I oh, dude, yeah. I mean, talk about, next to George R. R. Martin... The, the only author I can think of who sets his characters up just to kick the piss out of them. I mean, the last, in like, issues 6, 7, and volume 6, 7, and 8, he just fucked his characters up big time. So, yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. If you like zombie graphic novel action, Walking Dead is the fucking pinnacle of what's going on right now. I love that oh, series. Well, yeah, it, it, Fantastic it shit. What else? It is the uh, back daddy of zombie comic books. Uh, let's see. Movie-wise, I just picked up Pineapple Express, but I haven't seen it yet. Uh, and uh, we got Wanted from Netflix. I'm seriously hoping that that movie is better than the graphic novel. Because you had, you were kind of talking that up, and I was pretty disappointed, frankly. I liked the graphic novel. I thought it was pretty good. Really? And the, the movie was pretty fun. It's not going to win any Academy Awards. It's just a, a fun distraction. That's Well, all. i got to say, I'm a big fan of the director, Timor... Uh, I can't remember his last name, but uh, his Day Watch, Night Watch, and Day Watch movies, which are really cool, and so I, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing Wanted. But the graphic novel, I mean, what up? With, what was up with Millar's like his Eminem worship in the whole thing? Yeah, that that's and that that like so took me out of the story. And then it, I I, I kind of thought because I had seen trailers that it was more about assassins than superheroes or supervillains, and so and that the con- the graphic novel has absolutely nothing to do right. with the movie. Yeah. They share the same title. Um, there's maybe three pages that are the same, and that's it. Right. And so, you know, I, I don't know. By the time I got to the end of it, I was just, yeah, yeah here's my face as I throw the book across the room in boredom. <laughs> yeah, that's too bad. Well, if it's any consolation, I tried to watch Night Watch, and I, I got incredibly bored by that. Really? I ended up turning it off and reading a book. Yeah. Oh, I thought that's like an hour I thought into that was it, cool. I went, okay. 
I don't really care. Huh, that's funny. Well, I guess different taste. What else? Oh, uh, hey, there's a, this is like not to do with this, but uh, there's a brand new, I just found out tonight, there's a new Yahtzee review on uh, no punctuation for Gears of War 2. So definitely worth checking out. That guy's fucking hilarious. Oh, he's really funny. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta see that. Uh, that's it for Multimedia Triage. Oh, speaking of Battlestar Galactica, though, did you hear about this ad campaign thing? Yes. I, got, I found this article today. It was on io9 that uh, evidently KFC is doing some sort of a marketing tie-in with uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, KFC, where they, they're promoting some sort of a sweepstakes for something called a frack pack. A frack pack? A bucket of frack. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Fracking hilarious, I guess I should say. That's the worst ad campaign since McDonald's a few years ago had that I'd hit it campaign. <laughs> it's like a guy looking at a, a fucking McMuffin going, I'd hit it. You're going to fuck a McMuffin? What? I'd like to be stuffing Martha's muffin. I love it when, when, like, I don't know, like, people think that they understand pop culture and so they try to work it into marketing and it backfires. That's no, no, no. See, that's where you got it wrong. First of all, pop culture, 40-year-old, they do understand, and they know that it's funny, and they the, the whole idea behind it is to get a bunch of people go, ha, 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 these guys don't know what frack means. They, they get it. They're getting people like you and me to talk about Kentucky Fried Chicken on a podcast. It's working. It's just like when that SUV company, like everyone make their own SUV co commercial online, and it got huge because everyone was making commercials mocking the SUV. But actually, it was just a ton of free press. It, it worked for them. That is the new, new media. It's, it's okay. There's no such thing as bad press. It's okay to get made fun of. And if you can make everyone think that you don't get the joke, and they're all laughing at you, but they're talking about your product, you won. And that's, I think that's what KFC is doing. Yeah, gotcha. I, you know, you say that, but you've never, ever worked for a large corporation like I have. Yeah, that's true. So I kind of know how there's this huge reaction at the home office of a corporation when something makes your company look fucked up and heads roll because of it. So I, I, I think I get what you're saying, but I, I don't know that I agree with that theory. Interesting, so though. Interesting KFC to think about. For, I'm giving them too much credit, or you're not giving them enough yeah, credit. Yeah, it could be. could be. If anyone is uh, on the inside of KFC and uh, wants to give us a little insight as to but, what's But, okay, really if what you're it. saying is true, why did they change the ad so quick? They they put know, that shit down after. and changed it to the word you can't say, say on TV, sweepstakes, within uh, a week. I, I think someone lost their nerve. Yeah, maybe. Or people said, hey, do you know exactly that you're trying to sell fuck buckets to kids? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's probably more likely the scenario. Maybe so. Really? We are? Oh, shit. So, a uh, couple listener mail issues. Let's fire these up real quick. First of all, uh, we've got a little uh, voicemail from... Snowy White of the Radioactive Metal Podcast. Uh, I think he checked out our last episode and uh, liked what this he This guy's just like a regular feature on our I show. No, isn't he? Yeah, we, we're calling it the Snowy segment. Here you go. Hey, guys. It's Snowy White again from Radioactive Metal giving you a call. And I just want to let you know that I just finished listening to your latest episode. You're split with Pinto Gante. I guess that's Gigante. I guess that's named after El Gante. The old WCW wrestler in the early early 90s, late 80s, I guess. Well, anyways, um, I'm going to give Pinto Gante a shot, as you might be able to hear, it in the, hear the latest episode in the background. So, cool. Thanks a lot, and talk to you guys soon. Take care. So that's great. He called us up to tell us he's going to listen to another podcast. <laughs> what the fuck is that about? No, I'm just kidding. Thanks, Snowy. We always like to hear from you. That's awesome. And you know we love the Pinto Gigante. They're well, well worth listening to. Jeremy had uh, had a little shout-out for me this week on the show. Let's uh, take a listen to that. All right, that's the end of it. Ah, uh, thanks for listening to the show, I guess. I don't really thank you. I say fuck you for listening to this show. I look you right in the eyes and I fucking say fuck you for listening to this show. 
If you have listened this far to the show, I say, fuck you, Steve. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm kidding. Why pick out the one guy? Because I like him. Right. He's a good guy. But um, ser- oh, seriously, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> They're talking about a different Steve because they said he's a good guy. <laughs> Dude. When I heard that, I'm so glad I wasn't drinking because I would have gotten coffee all over fucking everything. That was so funny. So, yeah, fuck you, Jeremy. I'm amazed that you're able to do a podcast while you're gargling my balls. (laughs) Well, they don't take up a lot of space. Ah, nice. Anyway, check out Pinto Gigante. They're always awesome. Uh, And uh, one last thing. I did get an email a few weeks. Uh, This was uh, just prior to the last episode. And the uh, email said, and it was called entitled, And Another Thing. And it says, Homage. It's pronounced homage, not homage, queer, gourd. <laughs> and it's not pronounced homage. It's pronounced homage. There's no <laughs> homage. Uh, yeah, apologies. You know, the funny queer. thing <laughs> is that I actually used to know that. And if you listen to podcasts, People use homage all the time, and I think that it kind of got me brainwashed into thinking that that was it. So I will make an effort from now on to say homage, homage, I, homage. <laughs> See, I can't fucking. It's like a I brain think your thing brain homaged. Right, that's your problem. Fromage. Yeah, that's that must be it. Everybody's confusing it with cheese. It's like a, a you know a cheese celebration or something else. <laughs> a froma, a fromage, <laughs> homage. There you go. There you go. I did it. So that's pretty much it. Uh, filthy jokes, dude? Filthy jokes. Who wants to go first? You want me to go first? Go ahead. All right. So there's this family, and they're uh, out for a drive, mom and dad, and Junior's in the back, and they're uh, following behind this uh, garbage truck. The garbage truck hits a bump, and this big dildo, come, filthy dildo, comes firing out of the back of the truck and bounces <laughs> off of their windshield. And the mom kind of is shocked, and she looks back at Junior, and she wants to kind of protect his innocence a little bit. So she says... Don't worry, son. That was just an insect. And the kid says, Wow, I'm surprised it was able to get off the ground with a cock that big. <laughs> That's the first filthy joke you told that made me laugh on this show. <laughs> oh, great. Thanks. <laughs> All right. So uh, one day a, a blonde, a brunette, and a, a redhead um, decided they're, they're all, for whatever reason, for, for the purposes of this joke, they're all together with their daughter's purses, and they decide to go through their daughter's purses. So the brunette, she goes through her daughter's purse, and she finds cigarettes inside. She goes, oh, my God, I'm so ashamed. My daughter smokes. The redhead opens her daughter's purse, and she starts rummaging through it, pulls out a can of beer. So, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. I am so ashamed. My daughter drinks. Then it's the blonde's turn. She opens up the purse. She starts rummaging through it. She finds condoms. She goes, oh, my God. I'm so embarrassed. My daughter has a penis. <laughs> yeah. Daughter penis joke. So that's it for Pinto. <laughs> so that's it for the Bone Bad Show. You suck. I wish you were in the same studio. I would throw something at you right now. Thank you for listening. We want to thank the Super Suckers. You guys kick so much ass. Thanks again for being on the show. Uh, we really yes. enjoyed having you. The music is awesome. Keep up the great work. We'll be here listening. And uh, what else? Uh, the normal shit. You can find us on Bonehand.com. I've got new content every Sunday. Gord? And you can find me on MightyWombat.com, a new cartoon every Thursday, unless I'm feeling lazy. Blather occasionally. And, of course, my column, Magazine.com. of publication far too classy to include me yet they continue to do so <laughs> are you due for a new uh, column or pretty quick dude my next column by the time this comes out not only will i have a column i'm gonna have an extra bit on uh, a valentine's type thing on how i fell in love with my wife my wife has a bit on how she fell in love with me you can see pictures of my wife and i fully clothed unfortunately my original idea for the whole photo shoot didn't go <laughs> too well but um Complete, and then the other people that do this—it's like a feature—are like high-powered people. There, there's—I'm not going to give anything away, but there's an acclaimed author. There is a chancellor of a certain local university. Uh, I don't really know how I got in the mix there, but check it out. It's, it's actually—it's actually kind of sweet. You, know, oh. you, you might briefly think I'm not a complete asshole, 
You'll also wonder how a guy that looks like me hooked up with a woman who looks like my wife. <laughs> no one's been able to figure that one out. Okay. Well, uh, and then the normal stuff. You can reach us via our phone line at uh, 206-203-3115 or steve at bonehand.com. Also, uh, you can chat with us a little bit at the Bone Bat forums. And also, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, look for Bonehand. So uh, that's about it. Thanks for listening. This is Steve. And this is Gord. See ya. Later. Yeah, I like it all, man. I like it clean. I like it dirty. I like it all. I like it all, man. I like them ugly. I like them pretty. I like them all. I like it all, man. I like it all, man. I like it all, man. I like it all. I like it all, man. I like it all, man. I like it all, man. I like it all. It's a good night. For my drinking